Hi, Joe here from She Did You Can, and this episode is called Do Your Research, and it's a co-production from Broad Radio and Women's Agenda, a daily news publication for women. When they say go right, we go left. When they say go right, we go left. We go left. We go left. Hi, I'm George McEncrow, founder of Sheba, Australia's first female-only rideshare. And I'm Jo Stanley, aspiring startup founder, and this is She Did, You Can, a podcast about turning your idea into a business. Learn from my experiences, create your company as I create mine. She Did, You Can, the inspirational, confessional, real-time guide to starting your business. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's She Did You Can, the podcast that brings you a step by step guide to starting your business. Play along with me as I create my business, Broad Radio. Learn from me and what I did when I made my business, Sheba. George, it hurts me to admit it, but I'm not always right. I refuse to believe it. Well, the point (laughs) is, when it comes to starting a business, you can't assume you're right. You've got to do your research. Yes, and in this episode, we explore all the different kinds of research you can use We're researching the research, if you will. Well, that's right. Not all research is equal because we know that 90% of startups fail. Yikes. Yeah, ouch. And do you know the number one reason those startups fail? Don't tell me now. Tell me in the episode. Okay. Right, so George, you've got the research there. What is the number one reason that 90% of startups fail. Okay. The number one reason that startups fail is because there's no need for them. What? Yeah. They are a solution looking for a problem that doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? What is the actual statistic? It says 42% there is no market need. So so these people, God bless them, who put their heart and soul, possibly life savings, into an idea that they loved. Yep. They just launched into starting the business without yep. knowing whether anyone really no wanted, wanted it. it. No, no one wanted it. No one wanted it. No one wanted it. Put it away, Dad. <laughs> no. It's terrible. No one wants to write with potato. No. It's terrible. <laughs> we said it was terrible. Put it away. No We've one needs it. have been telling you forever. No. It's a really impractical thing to keep in your handbag. Yeah. A potato pen. It stinks. <laughs> 
It's horrible. <laughs> so I don't understand how you could possibly mm-hmm. uh, do all that work because, trust me, I'm in the thick of it. You've done it. You're three years into Sheba. It's a lot of work mm-hmm. without really knowing whether people want what you are peddling. Yeah, it's it's gobsmacking. But I think it's sort of um, – Look, it, it sort of doesn't surprise me sometimes because having been to a lot of uh, startup nights and pitch nights and I do sit there going, well, one, first of all, I don't get it oh. and two, I don't know why anyone who did get it would want it. Like I don't see a big enough market for this. And sort of sometimes I think it's because innovation, good innovation comes from a problem and if you had a very comfortable life and you've never had a problem mm-hmm. and all your needs have been met and, in fact, over-catered to, um, it's very hard for you to see where you would understand what a market need would be. So if you've never been uncomfortable, you've never been sunburnt, you're not going to – or chased a kid around a beach covering them in sunscreen, why are you going to invent – a vest that stops you having to chase a kid around and keep <laughs> reapplying sunscreen. You know what I mean? Yeah, the rashy was the greatest invention of all time. Like seriously, oh, one of the best. Let me read my book. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I see your point. I have found it to be really um, comforting mm-hmm. at times when I'm really freaked out about what I'm doing, right, because starting a business is terrifying. Always. And but if you go online and you ask your friends and they say, this is what I'm thinking of. What do you reckon? Does it have legs? And they go, oh, my God, if I could have that, I would. it would make my life so much more X, Y, Z. Mm. And then you go, okay, so I'm on to something. I'm on to something. I'm on to something. Now, every time you talk about your idea, that's the response. Every time I talked about Sheba, that was the response. When I did my first market research, which was a GoFundMe page, and, you know, it got me – like nearly like got me my first investor who put in $250,000. But before that, I got like 11 grand in a couple of days and I got heaps of media and so many women saying, I want this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Lots of men saying, I need this, I need this, I need this. Um, and, of course, a lot of men saying, oh, my God, this is sexist. And I was like, yeah, it is. Correct. <laughs> Move on. Like, <laughs> done. Um, but, you know, that just showed me that, yes, I was onto the right idea. Mm. There was a huge need. And the need was international. It was, you know, the letters came in, the emails came in from across the globe. I knew that I was onto something. And so, yeah, I felt really vindicated. And then when I started achieving, we kept testing, you know, do people want this? Do people need it? What else do they need? And we tested driver groups and we tested rider groups and, yeah, different age groups. And you have to keep researching. Mm. And And I think it is the thing that gives you... When you're, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and you've already worked, you know, 15 hours and you're thinking I've still got this to do and that to do before I get to bed and I'm tired and I'm also terrified. Mm. I haven't pressed, you know, push on the button that makes this public and I'm scared of that being out there yes. because I don't know what it's what's going to be and I'm putting our life savings on the line and I really am not sure if I even can do this. Knowing that people want it surely is that the is thing huge. that keeps you going. That is huge. Yeah, it is the thing that keeps you going. So why, you know, people would go to market, go through all those steps without first checking that there's a need, I mean, it actually makes me really mad at them because (laughs) I think, no, it's sort of (laughs) arrogant though, isn't it? It's like they haven't researched. 
and they've invented something that nobody wants mm. and it's sort of a conviction that, you know, it sort of validates that, yeah, they shouldn't be doing it. Well, so taking it back a step, right, and I learned this from uh, the first ever startup book that I mm. read and it's still one that I return to, The Lean Startup. Yeah. Um, and I, the reason I think I return to it is because it's written in language I understand because yeah. I don't have an MBA and because I've not even done a business course, not even a TAFE, not even like the local council. Yeah. So that's I, right. But I read books. And um, so The Lean Startup, they talk about basically you're setting a hypothesis. And I love this Absolutely. language because it is. It's all a hypothesis. Everything you're doing is you're you've set it a hypothesis and you're just testing it. You're testing and it, and that takes it away for me from going, "Oh my god, I'm starting a business and I'm terrified of it." To no, you're not. You just, just testing got a hypothesis, and that if you're it testing. works, it works. Yeah. So right, my hypothesis is that women over thirty-five feel like they don't have a home in commercial radio. They love podcasts, but they would love to listen to a radio show too if there was one available that gave them the content they like. That's yeah. my hypothesis. And so at every turn, all I do is just go. Well, I'm just going to test that. Mm. I'm going to do. Um, I did a Survey Monkey that was really easy to set up. Had a friend who works in market research who told me, "Don't ask the question that way because it's really biased." Yes, <laughs> you, you know. Do you to- love me? If you love me, will you be my best? <laughs> I'll be your best friend and have you for a sleepover. <laughs> so what? You know. So what did that survey show? Okay, so and I I just revisited it. This was the very first thing I did. Yeah, was the survey monkey, and it asked questions like, "Do you do you listen to radio now?" If they say no, then I would ask. Did you used to listen to radio? Because I was trying to test the hypothesis that women our age loved it. Yeah. But just have moved away from it. Yeah. I asked questions like, um, do you listen to podcasts? If so, what kind? Yeah. I asked questions around the sorts of content they like to listen to, what sorts of conversations, what women they would like to hear more of on the airwaves. George McEncrow featured often. <laughs> <laughs> so you will get a call from my booking agent, <laughs> which is me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But um, mostly, I, and then critically, I asked the question, would you listen to a radio station that is aimed for women over 35? And I got something like, well, I'll tell you. How big was it? How many people did you hit up? I distributed the survey through um, my networks and then asked them to distribute to their networks. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with about 380 responses. That's pretty good. Which is, I'm told, enough yep. for it to be valid. statistically valid. Yeah. Yes. So when I asked the question, how likely are you to listen to a talk radio station aimed at women over 35? I had, yes, please make it happen. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I'd give it a go. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of my top three. Um, that, that was overwhelmingly, you know, 30% each. So I got up to sort of 90% if you combine that. And for me too, I wanted to know, well, are you super keen? But also who were the ones that are on the border? Yeah, Who would go, yeah, give it a go. Yeah, like I'm not busting my chops for it, but, you know, I definitely, I definitely play with it. And those people I love because, yeah, give me a challenge. Yeah. And also now I've actually researched what they want to listen to and I can give them more of that. Yes. Right. So but the interesting thing about that survey I felt is that they were a bit of a biased group in that it's my networks and my network's network, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm thinking of doing that survey again on social media. Definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's a really good idea and send it out to broader, younger groups. And, you know, even if you get onto, say, um, well, you know, you can hire people to do it, um, even standing on a street like we did it recently in New South Wales for a transport survey ah. and just got a, walked up and down the trains and, you know, we, we did 120 people in about two hours, just a very quick one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, easy to do and And what were you researching there? Safety. Okay. Yeah. Whether people felt safe. Yeah. Okay. And sort of looking at a last mile solution um, for safety so that, you know, women can get to and from their house. So, you know, for, for so many women it's not what blocks them from going to a major thing like a job or a sporting event or is is not the train ride, it's the last couple of kilometres well, it's the last eight-minute walk from the ah, station yes. to their to the train. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Oh, that just gave me a blur feeling. And it's so frustrating for people that it's sometimes you know fifteen hundred meters that is is the thing that is such a barrier. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you're three years into your business and you're still researching. Oh, we will always keep doing it. And I think that's the thing that, you know, what you want to say to people, no matter what you're doing, whether you're, you know, making cards or candles or perfume, whatever it is, if you you keep testing how your um, market is enjoying your product, um, sampling your product, you know, is this, are they, what else can you be doing to innovate, improve, mm. you know, don't rest on your laurels and make assumptions about that and, and your staff as well. So I think measuring how your staff is enjoying their experience. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You That's just, so important. You just have to keep checking, you know, and through COVID, like we haven't been able to give people pay rides or anything, but we've been giving people, you know, a mental health day, stuff like that to say, just take a day, just stare into space, go for a walk, do whatever you need to do. Um, we can't, the only thing we can give you is time at the yes, moment, you yeah. know. Uh, so, yeah, it's just trying to find things that, yeah, what reward people as best you can. So going back when you were first thinking about Sheba, what, what was your hypothesis? That women who wanted to drive casually would like an opportunity to just drive women. Um, and children, particularly after dark, and that there would be lots of women who wanted to um, and families who wanted to be able to stay at work um, and not be or, or stay at home and drink <laughs> alcohol <laughs> and be able to. A considerable part of your market. It's a big part. <laughs> um, and not have to ferry kids around mm. um, because there was no on-demand service for minors. So, okay. you know. Very, very, very strong hypothesis. Very and strong instinctually, hypothesis. similarly with me, you know, in your gut and you are surrounded by people who tell you that's a really strong hypothesis. Yeah. But you couldn't assume that. No. And look, I, you know, even if I did, women got it. I had to then prove that it was right to the people who had the money, which were invariably middle-aged white men who were not disrupted by mm. kids' dental appointments or you know, all the labour of um, the, the unpaid labour that women do. Right. So that's another reason to do research so that when yeah. you start talking to investors, you've got the proof. You've got to have the proof. You've, you've got, got to, to have, have data. Yeah. You've got to say this is how much, you know, 
of work I've done. So first of all, you've got to take me seriously as a CEO because mm. I've, I've I haven't got an MBA. Um, you know, I'm a comedian for heaven's <laughs> sakes. You know, um, and they're going, hmm, well, not the great pedigree that we're used to seeing. Um, you know, coffee. Oh, you're the candidate. Oh, right. Um, you know, I'll take two with um, with a black. Sh- oh, right. No. Um, so when they realise you're not the coffee lady and that you're there to pitch, mm. um, it's a bit off-putting. So you have to have really good data. You have to speak to the numbers all the time and you've got to have those numbers. So, mm. yeah. So another thing I did, which I think was really easy and mm. I loved because I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to, I'd, like I would love to be studying all the time, right, mm. um, because I made this hypothesis around people, women listening to podcasts, I did a lot of research online at reports. There are reports everywhere if you really seek it out. So I looked for, well, what's the podcast listenership, female versus male? How has that increased over the years? Okay, does that correlate to how (sighs) women are falling away from radio? And also you've got to work out, well, what's your business proposition? And for me, I believe I can sell a lot of advertising to brands that know that women are buying their product. Yeah. So I did a lot of research around the female economy and who makes the decisions around purchasing in the household and those sorts of reports are everywhere. They're everywhere. And they're very deeply in researched. Someone's done that for you. So if your hypothesis has something to do with it around your market as far as who's buying the product, do the research around there. Yeah. You know, look online and find the various um, reports that might be out there, get some quotes with some stats. People love numbers. They do. They no. love numbers. <laughs> love a pie chart. <laughs> Mad for a pie chart. Mad for a pie chart. And yeah. do some surveys and don't be afraid to ask hard questions. Don't be afraid to sample the product yourself. Like I think, you know, being a driver is really important for me because I've got to keep using the app and mm. um, picking up passengers and knowing how they're feeling about it, um, you know, answering the phones, knowing how every part of the business works. Mm. You can't stay doing that, you know, all the time. It's sort of not forever but it's a really important thing to be able to do what about research around the technology available to you did you do heaps of that and where would you even begin well I mean I knew what yeah look we did because I I was really interested in the technology but I had to do more like what the other options were and what I did and didn't want to have in my app and then it was about finding the people to make it and where mm. we were going to make it and then what that would cost and that sort of stuff. So I think it was more about like what were the best options available, you know, in the sector and I think that's part of like what are going to be the ingredients of your product, whatever that's going to be. Um, really researching I want to put the best product that I can afford to possibly put to market and that's another really key part of your your research and that's really like goes into researching your competitors that's all comes yes. under research like who are my competitors and how am I going to distinguish myself from my competitors planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So um, competitor analysis is super critical. Yeah, it's a key part of your research. And what sorts of ways can you do that? Oh, well, they're all sort of public to some extent. You won't be able to find much data about private companies, yeah. but you can, I think, again, include it in your surveys. But I think you, if you say, um, if you only have a small competitive field, mm. like if you only want to say, all right, look, we just want to know how women experience, say, well, the only other people that you can put kids in is a taxi um, and they won't have a car seat, obviously, in a taxi. they, they Some you might be able to order a, a car seat with them, but... Not not all, um, and certainly not without booking it well ahead, you know, of time. Um, so yeah, like we were like looking at Ubers and and taxis, and then just finding out how women experience them, and then uh-huh. other things like support. Like if you rang, you know, is there a number you can call to to talk to somebody on the other end? Where you, you can't with Uber, you can with taxis. So where do we? Where are we? Like a hybrid of you know a taxi service and an on demand service and. Um, yeah, so we did a bit of surveying about how other people experienced those, mm. especially our driver community um, who'd been Uber drivers and um, taxi drivers. So, so it's, a, it's really about engaging with your competitors and comparing your offering with theirs yeah. and understanding what makes you different but also what makes you better. Yeah, and where we want to sit in pricing as well, mm, like, okay. you know, how are we going to price ourselves relative to our consumers? Because looking at the list of reasons why startups fail, um, because, you know, running out of cash, not the right team, um, get out-competed. So, you know, is someone going to steal your idea? Pricing comes in at number five. So, right. you know, knowing what your competitors, like what the pain point is. And also I suppose understanding what your audience or your market will Bear. be willing to pay. That's right. Like that's You could have researched that too. Yeah. And like given that we were a new offering, but there's still a point at which people go, you know what, it's just not worth it. Like we just can't pay that mm. um so yeah it's it's a lot to think about okay so uh you've got to take your time to do that but it's i think really if you think about it in terms of it's being a hypothesis that you're just looking to test mm. one thing after another after another it's a great way of honing actually what you're going to oh, end up with absolutely and, you know um for me i started at this idea of a radio station and then i start investigating how much it's going to cost me just lease a digital station that's ridiculous then i'm going to make an app well that's probably outside my price point too yeah you can't just get an app at kmart no you can't <laughs> unfortunately you can't sadly they're a little bit more expensive than that but they're yeah. coming down in price yeah they are yeah. but you know for my purposes you know i was like oh that's not really going to work and also i don't need an app to test this hypothesis right now you don't so i've narrowed it to an mvp that is a live radio like a live streamed show like you know the just like the gamers do perfect you know yeah. uh, using software that's available to me that's really affordable and platforms that are free online like facebook and linkedin yeah. and youtube and then then i can test with a proper audience yeah when i'm just this one little tiny as they call minimum viable product it's, it's got to get really your mvp great. yeah and you know then you can measure your audience interaction and then you the more you hone the more confident you get and the no, more knowledgeable you get about your sector and then when you go for big bucks you're really confident because mm. there's not a question an investor can ask you yes. that you can't answer yeah 
Which is, again, yeah, I love that because you are proving to yourself Absolutely. As much as to anybody else. Absolutely. That your idea works. Yeah. And this is the best kind of research I've found that I've done. Yeah. Is I have made a list of every single person who I believe would understand what I'm talking about from every moment of my life. People I've worked with, people I've been at lunches with, Mm. people that I've maybe seen on Twitter and gone, oh, I like what they're talking about and I've clicked through to who they are and, oh, there's an article about them and I've written her name down and then I've stalked them on LinkedIn and I've I've connected and I've had, I'm telling you, the reason I'm having 15-hour days is because I spend so much of it on the phone talking to people (laughs) about broad radio and this great vision that I have. you're gathering an army. I'm not just going to war. I'm not just gathering an army. <laughs> Don't say that. You're freaking me out. You're freaking me out. <laughs> you are. But what's that? what that's doing, again, it's a one-on-one market research, yeah. really important, which I gather it sounds yeah. like you did a similar yeah. thing, that you, you're hearing from people endlessly that they want this. But also at the same time I'm saying, so do you know anybody who may be willing to invest or could sponsor this or might yeah. consider some kind it's of It's networking, Joe. It's key. Oh, my gosh, it's well, so Another great. reason why people fail, fail, failing to network. Uh, it's down here. Um, where is it? It's about number seven on the list, failing to use the network. So, yeah, really key. It's so important because yep. then they'll go, we'll speak to that person or actually I don't know someone but I know actually someone who does know someone. And the most extraordinary movement around you starts to shift. It does because you're finding the like-minded people. You're finding your people who are going to share your vision. Well, I will say that I've been really enheartened by how willing people are to talk to a random person who has connected with them on LinkedIn by saying, I really like the things you have done in your life. Yeah. I think we have a synergy. Give me 10 minutes of your time. Yeah, well, and it's because great because you're not trying to sell them anything either. No. Like that's, it's so great when you just, you're coming from a really – like clear spot of saying, I'm trying to get something off the ground. I'm not trying to sell you a product. I'm not trying to send you a sell you a new, you know, CRM or, you know, app space or just something. I just want to share a thought with you and have a conversation with you yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Like, that's it. And that's really key too. Don't ever go into meetings with anyone thinking, I'm here to sell, sell, sell. I'm just having a conversation. And just conversations conversation. are, just take all the jeopardy off the table. Because <sighs> it's just, a, I'm just telling you about something I'm really passionate about and asking your advice. And people like being asked because it's really flattering. And you're there <laughs> to listen to them. It is. Like, exactly why I'm on the phone today. Yeah. Yeah. And if your mouth's open, you're not listening. So listen to them, take what you can from them, and ask them questions and listen. Like that's the other key thing. What you're really doing when you're researching is listening. You're mm. listening, you're reflecting, you're thinking. And I think really key to this is you're listening to the market. You're listening to what the zeitgeist is doing, yeah. right? So you don't have to be doing busy work all the time. Sometimes you'll just need to sit still, think, reflect. Um, if you're the founder, you're the beginner, it's all starting out of you. So you, just because you're not necessarily on the phone or adding up numbers or emailing anyone doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Mm. Like it's, you're the volcano, like it's all bubbling away. Let your brain do its thing. It came up mm. with this idea, let it be still and let it reflect on and take in the information. Yeah, I found that because you're living and breathing it, mm. the 
sometimes you do have to let something percolate. Let it percolate. And an idea will come to you. Yeah. If you have a problem, I often, if I can't think of the answer right there, I'll give it just. Trust it. Yeah, the, the, pro, the answer will arise. Yep, have at faith. Some point. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Was there any research that you came across that surprised you or, or shifted your thinking around how you were going to go about Sheba? Um, yeah, look, I think when we decided what was safe, like I was very rigid to begin with. I was very puritanical about not ever letting men ride in our cars ever under any circumstances. And then research came back from our drivers saying we would be happy to take uh, dads who needed to take their children with us um, and leave it as a driver-only decision. Now that meant having to make a technical change that would indicate to a driver that it was a man travelling with his child. Um, But, you know, when we first started it was going to be absolutely no men in our cars ever. That was the one area where we didn't have equivalency. So we'd always been able to say, look, the men are in no way disadvantaged by Sheba operating. But at this point they were because men with children Mm. couldn't travel alone in a Sheba. And that had always kind of rankled with me. I was like, oh, you know, I can't actually say that. Um, So single dads were disadvantaged. But now they can get a Sheba and I feel good about that because yeah, right. in every other way I can say, look, couples are catered for in an, in Ubers and taxis and DDs and Olas and, you know, they're well and truly, their needs are met but single dads are not and so, yeah, I feel good that they can get a Sheba now. And what great, what a great response to the research that you Yeah, had. it was, it was yeah. and, you know, I didn't have to feel so anxious and, you know, it all became because we we had some of our earliest drivers had come out of very traumatic um, family violence meetings and the first people, some of our most vocal advocates at Sheba initially were some of the most traumatised women and so just because they're the ones who are up in your face a lot, you know, I mean very loud, I don't mean that in a rude way, but they were very, very vocal but you can't necessarily take what they're saying is the experience of all the drivers. Yeah, right. But I had to let them, I had to be respectful of their needs to say they never, ever, ever wanted to be in a confined space with a man mm-hmm. and say, all right, you will get a signal that there that is a man yeah. so you never have to take a man. I, that's still keeping my promise to you. The app will tell you. Um, so, you know, you never have to take a guy. So I think in underlying any kind of research you do is that you have to be willing to hear what it tells you, yeah. even if it's not actually what you hoped for. Yeah, or what you thought. You had yeah. a very strongly preconceived idea. There you are. Research. Do it. It's important. <laughs> but, George, I've got some research for you to wrap this up. Really? Okay, it's important. Okay. Has this three new startups launch globally every second? So there goes one. There goes one. Really? It's 11,000 per hour oh my globally. God. Oh, my God. So that makes just let me do my math. That means 25,900, no, 25,920,000 per day. <laughs> my God. Is. I'm so good at maths. You are because <laughs> it was written in front of you. But, um, and <laughs> also that I know that's daunting, but in, also in Australia women make up only about 23% of startup founders. That's pretty good. Is that? Well, I guess. Because we're only like 20% of the pop, 
Oh, that's uh, right. No. Yeah. Well, but there are countries where there is a 50-50 gender split for startup founders. Wow. Okay. Where are they? Indonesia, Thailand, Panama, Qatar, <laughs> Madagascar and Angola. Angola, the good old heart of stand-up, startup foundations. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it. But anyway, that's good. Do you know, I think that it's partly because they are countries where you have to make your own income. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. I like get it's that. necessity, right? Yeah. Whereas okay. here you can just kind of cruise on your single mother's pension and have a great old I'm time. I'm not suggesting that. No, that's what that. you're saying. I know what you're no, saying. I'm no, I'm saying there are less jobs. I know. I know, I know. Perhaps. I know, but, but it is weird though that women are still only get 3% of the world's venture capital globally. When there's that many women actually doing startups. That many. 23% have got a startup but only 3% of them get funding. Look, it, sta- look, it sounds a bit overwhelming, but yeah. I don't want anyone to be deterred because here's the good news and it's my challenge to anyone listening who Hit might me. be feeling a bit disheartened. Hit me, the sister. The average age for startup founders is 40. Ah, that's why, because we're rid of those mongrel ch- – no, it's because, <laughs> it's because the kids can actually not poo their pants anymore. Yes. Well, my own kids – Except no <laughs> exception. They don't have to sit in a car seat anymore mm-hmm. and you're stepping into your power. You're stepping into your power. And here's another thing that I read, which I it doesn't necessarily relate to my actual experience, but it relates to my spirit. Because you're 22. No. What? <laughs> Juvenile delinquency and antisocial behaviour are strong predictors of entrepreneurial success. Oh. Now, I've always been a very goody, goody I sort know, of person. I know. You're a complete suck and so was I. I was but, a prefect. Yes, exactly. But mm. what kind of spirit is inside you? I want us to challenge ourselves to rock the boat. Rock the boat. Rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat. You can keep, you can, I'll sing underneath you and you can keep Moderate talking. people don't boat, change the, the world. No, nothing changes, nothing. Nothing changes if nothing changes. You've got to be prepared to let out that rage. See, I think underneath mm. the goody two shoes is a ball of fury and rage mm. that has true. wanted to say, this is bullshit and <laughs> I have had enough and I want to hear some sisters on the radio. Yeah, well, and also, well, I want everybody to be inspired by this notion mm. that inside us we all have that ball of fire. Fire. Slash rage. Yeah, Slash and, rage. And it's time to, it's okay to start saying, no, I want this. Mm. No, I didn't actually order chilli eggs I ordered eggs chilled. Mm. This is, I'm going to take my order back to the kitchen. Yes, be the person that rocks the boat, that demands your needs and actually says, I've got a vision and I don't care if you don't like it, I'm going to do it anyway. Be the delinquent. Be the delinquent because you know what? You're dead forever. Mm. You only get to go around once, ladies. Okay. Be that person who rocks the boat. But you can't start a business without some kind of finance, right? No, you absolutely can't. Got to have the money. So in our next episode... George, I want. Can you tell us how you managed to put the funds together to start in our next episode? Yeah, sure. Because I feel like that's it's really easy. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's to me the biggest mystery, almost of all of this. How do people do this without the cash? You know. Yeah. Um. So I really want to know that from you in our next episode because I have. A, I, I'm hoping actually that we mm-hmm. have an update because can I tell you this week. I have a meeting with a potential sponsor and a potential angel investor. Excellent. Right. So by the time we next record an episode, I will have news as to whether or not I've secured some funding 
And if not, just I'm um, just toddling along with my pauper's budget. <laughs> but right. if so, I have a bit of something to make it work. Like it, this week is really quite massive in the trajectory. Can't even say it. Trajectory. Yeah. Of broad radio. So exciting. My God, George, it's really exciting and terrifying. And I'm, I'm, look, not to suggest that this week will change the course of broad radio at all, but It'll, it's going to happen regardless. But we'll just go from being a lean startup to maybe a, like a size 12. <laughs> <laughs> this has been She Did, You Can, because She Did, You Can. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.